So, welcome to episode three of a Passport Podcast. We've got our guest here, Brinye, straight from Nigeria. Brins, thank you very much for joining us at Passport Podcast, episode three. Um, if you'd like to give us a very brief introduction about yourself, um, what you're doing at the moment, how we met, how you came to, to kind of go about traveling the country you've been through, um, over to you, Brins. All right. Um, glad to be here on um, the podcast. Uh, thank you for the welcome, Chirag. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Bunye, um, short for Bunye Chukwenu Mbamala. I'm Igbo and Nigerian. Um, I am a degree holder in medicine and pharmacy, though I wouldn't say I've practiced either as of yet properly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I've lived an interesting life. And um, that's in terms of education, which is always important. But um, our experiences are what really make us what we are. And we gain our experiences based on where we go and the people we interact with. So um, at an early age, 15, I went to Scotland, two years um, studying international baccalaureate, where I met um, quite a diverse group of people, Germans, Italians, Romanians, people from Holland. It was um, very interesting. Um, and then that led me to pursuing a degree in pharmacy in the UK, which is in England, which is where I met Chiro. And um, it was a great four years, um, a lot to remember, and um, a lot that you wish you remembered. <laughs> and um, after that, I spent a few months um, sort of interning in Nigeria, actually, pharmacy, in um, is the equivalent of boots, I would say, in the UK. Nice. It's getting better. Um, uh, three quarter ways through that, I got a mention into med school. So um, I went to med school in the Caribbean island. And um, the way I painted it to myself anyway was, you know, sipping pina coladas on a beach um, <laughs> while a lecturer is <laughs> teaching you anatomy <laughs> on a, a floaty. Uh, it's nice to have dreams. Um, two years of that. And then um, two years in the U.S. That's um, how the four-year um, MD program goes. So my two years in the U.K., um, in the U.S. rather, we're in Brooklyn for the most part. Um, and this happens to coincide with uh, the COVID year, um, COVID years. Interesting, being one of the hotspots. But um, hey, we're here on the other side. And um, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's so amazing. What struck out for me uh, in particular was uh, uh, in the previous episode, um, the guest also said that they they kind of they think that life is just a string of experiences. Um, yeah. and it's interesting you say that as well. So that, that seems to be a running theme already. Um, so yeah. no, I appreciate yeah. that intro. Thank you. Um, sure. Yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a deep intro. That was a deep intro. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, um, uh, appreciate it. I, I, I think I might have... You also had other prompts that you wanted us to talk about. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, we'll, okay. So go, 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 go for your for your two truths, one lie. That would be that would be interesting, considering you've yeah, got so funny. much to unpick and like you know so oh, much. Oh, I wasn't gonna do anything. It's too interesting. Um, I would say like I drank tea daily. Okay. I been in a hot air balloon. And I've walked on the Great Wall of China. 
Okay, I feel like the tea is a red herring. Don't tell us just yet. We'll pick it at the end. But I feel like the tea is a red herring. I reckon the tea is the lie. I feel like you're you're if you've travelled if you've travelled to a few countries, it's not it's not going to be unheard of you going to the Great Wall of China. So I reckon tea is a red herring. That seems reasonable. And, and just to run it back, um, you said the tea. You drink tea every day. You've been to Great Wall of China, and what was the third one? He's been a hot air uh, balloon. He's been on a hot air balloon. <laughs> that pause. Um, yeah, I feel. I feel that pause gave it away. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was intentional. Who knows? We'll find out at the end. We shall find out at the end. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go for the hot air balloon. I think it's quite. Um, quite a unique experience. Um, I'd be I'd be chuffed if you have indeed been on it because I want to hear more. But um, but yeah, I'm going to go with that. Um, but anyway, we'll keep it to the end. Thanks a lot, Punye. Um, but I just want to p- unpick a little bit about what you said earlier in terms of uh, you kind of grew up in Nigeria and then went to school in in, uh, in Scotland. Um, kind of of all places, was that in Edinburgh? And and why did you? either pick there or how did you kind of end up there in the first place? Interesting topic. Hmm. Um, I, for the most part, in early days at least, a lot of the places you end up schooling are kind of um, strongly suggested by the people um, supporting you in terms of tuition. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, what happened initially is we finished secondary school in um, Nigeria Hmm. um, and you can either do a local Nigerian course or um, you can do like an international course where you graduate with something called the IGCSE. With yeah. IGCSE, a lot of people in my class end up going to the UK, like primarily. Call it because sure. of connections, because of like our shared history. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people end up going to places like Ashton, like, you know, in around the London area. Yeah. yeah. Um, we happen to have like guardians and like family that um, and oh. also... Yes, they're beautiful people. Actually, was one of this. Um, his name is Bill Baber. He they own like a, a knitting store in Edinburgh. Like, a, oh, nice. I stayed over for them multiple times um, when I was uh, staying in Scotland. Uh, one of the fair. times, um, funny enough, was when I got suspended. <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, I still ended up becoming head of house in the same boarding house I was suspended from. But yeah, I still talk to. Yeah, it's. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, I ended up going there for those reasons. Um, yeah, the town is St. Andrews, which is on the northeastern coast. If yep. this is Edinburgh here, it's like somewhere there. Where Very, the golf course is. Yes, the most famous golf course, which I should have used, but I never actually used. <laughs> <laughs> I should have also won quilts, but you know, uh, kilts rather, but I, I also didn't do that. But trust me, I did everything else that Scot- Scotsmen do. Um, put it that way. And no, it's the Welsh that do that. So get that out of your mind. <laughs> Mate, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty interesting. I don't think I know anyone who's, um, who's scored in Scotland. Um, so interesting enough, I, I guess it was a program that was marketed. It was rare, fairly rare. It was the standard A-levels. It was the International Baccalaureate. It was advertised mm. heavily in like Germany. So half of the students were actually German. Like literally oh, wow. half of the student body, then the other half was a mix of like Scottish, English people, and then you know diverse internationals. Um, so I picked up like a lot of interesting things in in um, German 
um, to speak. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's still it's just like an amazing like an opportunity to meet other people that happen to be call it peculiar enough to end up in Scotland. And um, some of these connections stay, and they have actually. I'm still in contact with quite a lot of them. Nice. But ben, you must have been quite young. You were, you were what, 13, 14? Uh, close, close. I was 15. 15 I remember 16. it being interesting because that was the first time I was flying on my own. And um, if oh. you're not 16 yet, you're um, um, like a minor. Yes, yes. So you should be like actually like police through. But it's just like me, like with like uh, headlights, daring headlights, like stare, just like actually having to like look at the signs to self navigate because previously I would just like, you know, follow my mom's like heels or my dad's whatever um yeah it was a it was an interesting experience um through and through um, if you want to compare it to like the climate in nigeria moving actually provides a lot of freedom because yeah, then you have like yeah. a curfew like 9 30 and then you're mm-hmm. with other like guys like i ended up like drinking for the first time <laughs> um, they, they took like two weeks for me to crack i was like no I, I don't drink. <laughs> I feel like everyone goes through that. Yeah, I, jo- I joined uni everyone. thinking I wasn't going to drink. I was like, yeah, we're going to drink at uni now. I'll be good. I'll be good. <laughs> then just like have one of those like SpongeBob segue scenes like two months later. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. It's great stuff. I, I think um, the more we get educated, the more we understand that it's actually the excess, right? That, that hurts. Anything. Yeah. If you drink too much water, you drown. Sure. Inhale so much air, you have like an air embolism and your lungs explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all that stuff. Yeah, well said, well said, man. Wow, that's cool. And then from from Scotland, you then went to, you then came to the UK, or to, to England to do um, the university and pharmacy, which is where I met you. Yes, yes. Our, do you remember much about our first years? Um, we had the, the the freshman week. I think that's when um, a lot of people ended up like associating with like some of their their groups. Yeah, and, sure, um, sure. Then there was like the halls, Sheffield, Wessex, St. David, St. Patrick's. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, you, you guys, you guys, like there it was like the equivalent of like um how it was half German, half English pharmacy courses, like half Indian, then half everyone. Else. <laughs> 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 I think I, if I'm doing anything wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, we all found out we had like some things in common that like moved beyond just like you know like the immediate like association, which yeah, is um, sure. our kind of easygoing attitude. Like we didn't really have too many like people trying to tear other people down. Most of us just yeah. like their Um and and um, know how to have a good time with emphasis this time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I feel like, especially after you've been in boarding school, which must have been liberating enough to be away from family and stuff, then you're kind of thrown in the deep end with university students and things like that. Um, but you kind of know how to take care of yourself in in, in a shallow leveled yeah. way, I guess. Um, yeah, you group up. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, for sure, for sure. Were there any kinds of similarities between um, Scotland and, and England? Um or was it totally different? Um, or anything that was radically just mind blowing for you? Well, in in Scotland, because I was going to like a specific village, and then um, the other people that were coming to school there seemed to have like um, they kind of knew each other. And just yeah. put it this way: um, in university, like no one, not very many people come with like friends, like they know. Yeah, they come like mm, freshmen. Yeah, because, like you have an opportunity to recreate yourself, like pre-sporadically. Um, so Cameron, people came yeah. with like. 
yeah, unique, unique ideologies, um, unique to them and to probably other people they're interacting with. So there's a lot of, you know, X elements. While in Scotland, people were still kind of schooling from home. Like a lot of people that went boarding were coming from home. So you still have a little bit of preserved culture, like a little bit of, you know, like legacy yeah um people are a lot more friendly i'd say up north but they were just as friendly kind of because we're just like university students known as aggressively trying to i don't know i don't know market anything to you <laughs> um uh what do you say the weather was pretty similar i think it was better in down south though i would yeah. say this in scotland like i saw like more double rainbows than i've seen in the rest of my life literally oh, wow. almost every day is like and then we, the town had like three beaches attached to it, West Sands, Castle Sands, and um, East Sands. Um, oh, wow. West Sands is the one where like, they, they have like horses like running along it, and then they film them. It's like in all those Gone with the Wind movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Castle Sands has history. So like, like, I think they go bombed during like some war, and they just like preserve everything. Everything is preserved, like in Scotland, for the most part anyway, I would say. You need like a grant to tear anything down, so. Yeah, the wow. architecture was different. Um, the people were different. The food, the food was like wildly different. You know, they they preserve a lot of their their, their um, cultural foods in um, Scotland. Do it again. It depends on like the chef. So I would have mm. like um, haggis in one place, and I'm like, you would taste different from it in other places. The first time I had it, I was like, no, never again. But then I was like, <laughs> you've got to immerse yourself in the culture. Yes, and um, they have the Kaylee dance as well. Um, they have like a lot of like really really well preserved. So it's basically like um, everyone like is in a circle and then you pair up with like a female yeah. or something and then you like go around in like circles doing like oh, very specific yeah, yeah. steps, and then you oh, like yeah. you switch and it's they they told us it was over like two three days, um two three two three sessions. Um, I wish I still remembered it, but not, imagine you're teaching this not just like you're not just reinforcing it in Scottish people, but also in um people from all other parts of the world. Yeah, we're all like bonding over like Scottish culture. Yeah. So you guys have taught this in school? Yeah, yes, yes. That is mental, wow. Yeah. They, I think we're cool, exhausted cool, at the thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they packaged it very well. <laughs> and um, we were dancing with a very attractive German, so like, I mean... Nice, nice. Right. Are you contemplating? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, there's a lot of um, cool incentives. Um, there's the accent point as well. If you exist alone people for long enough, you have to pick up as, as an accent. And if you yeah. learn a word for the first time, like if you move around when you're decently young, then you use the word with the accent you learned with occasionally. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Vinzi, you did not come to university with a Scottish accent at all. Well, not even a few words, I would say, sounded Scottish. Maybe you just adapted really quickly. I don't know. I wouldn't say I properly developed a Scottish Scottish accent only when i say certain words yeah, does it come out um because i again interacted with other internationals so maybe you'd expect me to come with like a a, a, a german accent, accent in english <laughs> or like a romanian accent yeah, i still can't understand scott like if a proper scotsman were to speak english to you with a heavy accent i yeah. tried i went to like a shop once just like i think buy some thread i can't remember something like really really like out of the way, nothing you'd buy in like a, a chain store. Hmm. And then I was having like a conversation with this dude and I repeated myself three times. He would say something <laughs> back at me. And then at some point I just like had to like nod and smile. I could tell it was English, <laughs> but that was as far as I could get. It gets it's awkward like, the more you ask. So after the third time you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> it's like, you know, backtrack slowly and be like, bye. <laughs> but, yeah. 
Oh, wait, mad. So how did you go from... So, okay, fine. So Nigeria to Scotland makes sense. Scotland to England. England to then... You went back to Nigeria for a bit and you, you interned. So you then moved to uh, at a phase of your life where you were then, like, you know, early 20s. How was that different to when you were you know when you were previously back in Nigeria so excluding holidays you were then you then left Nigeria when you were what 15 like you said right when you went to Scotland mm. wow that was like what seven eight years later you then returned back to Nigeria like to actually like stay so um, what I would say is um um it, it the kind of like Nigerian culture is such that you try to reconnect with your family at least once a year Christmas time is when in Nigeria, like everything like happens, like even people go back to their villages, like, okay, you come oh, out from like wherever UK to like Lagos, and you move from Lagos mm. to like, you know, your townhouse, like in the village, just to like, oh. really, really like connect back to your so, people stay very deep rooted. Yes, yes. And um, it, it's also an opportunity to show progress as well. And also like bring yeah. in like some, some experiences you might have, like share some experiences. Let's put it yeah, up. yeah. Um, if you want to be more blunt, it's also an opportunity to flex. <laughs> the glow so, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. Which like goes into like a little bit of like cultural stuff as well. But um, <laughs> so uh, on a yearly basis, for the most part, I'll be able to I'll be able to come back home and like see the family. Um, oh wow! Nice. Yes, that was. Yeah, obviously not like first class tickets or anything, which some people would actually. Do. <laughs> but um. <laughs> You, you connect to the people you need to. Um, but but uh, over that sort of 10-year period, having left for Scotland and then coming back to around about now, have things changed radically and have you found it quite difficult to kind of readjust? So glad you actually mentioned that. That's one thing I notice almost every time I come back. There's always like some improvement, some change. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, you at the airport. It's something very, very small. Because, yeah. okay, they'll call like, Nigeria like a third world country, whatever. So there's always like that, or developing country. So there's always like that contrast, right? Mm. But then when you put into context that we're like, we just turned 61 in October 1st. That's our Independence Day. Mm. And then like, oh, the yeah. US is like 234. The, the UK from like, um, when you guys actually change your name to what it is now. Um, it's like maybe 300 and something years, three to 400 years. Wow, so Nigeria's quite young. young. Yes, extremely so in, in that context. So whenever I see any developments in, in incremental amounts, what I'm using, what I'm doing is I'm extrapolating that data. I see yeah. more times than not, it's like a positive change. Um, but it's like if you have like a, a baby or like a kid or whatever, um, and then you, you, you live with a kid like every day, you're not going to notice like in two months, they're going to like mm. gain. But someone who doesn't interact with them, actually gets appreciated so that was yeah. kind of like me like a surveyor and then i have to like point these things out to people i'm like yeah like kind of sucks you know all these things are bad but like look at like the silver linings there's like thick exactly. ass silver yeah, linings yeah. you know it even has like a nice tropical gleam to it you know being in the equator helps so just appreciate that and like you know keep striving mm. uh, sure, man, is africa rising but yeah yeah um so yeah i was able to come back and um you see the improvements in airports, improvements in like um, Wi-Fi. That's one thing I've always noticed an improvement in. <laughs> like that, that, and also it's affordability, inconsistency with electricity, um, mm -hmm. in the quality of water, and then also trade as well. Like right, a lot of people would have to import things like furniture, like a lot of basic stuff that you guys 
like just like yeah. except because um, UK has like a very strong trade route with everywhere else. Um, but yeah, most of those things are becoming like readily accessible here for a price, obviously, but more and more affordable with time because competition and all that. And of so, course, yeah. I presume that starts with Lagos <laughs> before just like, venturing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same, same trends, precisely. Um, nice. And also, yeah, like, yeah. when I actually return this year, it might be in a condition where I wouldn't mind um, staying because um, I seriously like before I'm traveling and I'm like studying and that's like my main like primary concern. But like for the last few months, I, I graduated, I got my degree in March. So I had like six months or so just to actually experience life um, mm. without having anything hanging on like ahead of my schedule. I realized that the world is just, you know, there's a ghetto everywhere and then there's a, a veranda, you know, the, there is going to be the, the 99% and the 1% wherever you find yourself. And the main difference between like the UK where you can have like the, the south ends where like get shanked like on the train or whatever. And you know, Bronx and like NY, which is like batshit crazy. Like I would not go there in nighttime. Like my my spider sense, if you want to call those, we're, we're tingling <clears throat> one time. I did stay there later. People there are actually very, very afraid. Um, fear is what causes people to to like strike out because they don't want to be the one that dies first. So they, they yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they're very, very afraid. And then in Nigeria, I come back and I'm like, I'm having all this experience to compare it with. And I'm like, wait a minute. Our people are actually, either we're like so habituated to like, you know, all this like bullshit. <laughs> like, You're so I numb to it. <laughs> or we're just generally happy uh, with not mm. too much. I know this is the same trends in Grenada. I spoke with this dude two days ago and he repeated the same thing. He's like a, also from, some, from Somerset. And then he's well-traveled as well. He's spent 20 years sailing. Um, he's like 75 or 80 something. Mm-hmm. Um, he started like a mushroom farm for 15 years. And then anyway, he settled and farmed in Grenada for the last 15 years. And like, he's telling me like his tales and, um, he just, he's content. Basically he, he understands yeah. he's content himself and he understands like a lot of Grenadians are content. All people in Nigeria are content because um, mm-hmm. poverty is relative, right? Um, you could yeah, be like, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's quite that's quite deep. How did you how did you find that experience relative to the Caribbean? Because like Nigeria is obviously a place you're familiar with. UK has similarities to Scotland, um, despite obviously some of the differences that you said, like you know different phases of life, education, etc. But Caribbean must have been like completely completely different entirely. For I would like to answer the question, but while I'm doing that, I would also like to ask you guys a question, like relative. Um, have you been to any, well, I'm sure you have, but which country would you have been to that has a good proportion of like Indians or people from like a similar ethnic background as you are? And how do they treat you compared to how you're treated like generally in UK? Hmm. I suppose for me, like, for instance, like growing up in Kenya, there are quite a few Indians, um, hmm. but then you're also relatively, you know, depending on this kind of schooling you get or maybe the social circle you surround yourselves with and maybe you get a different kind of, um, I suppose, level of treatment or, or level of openness. Um, so so for me, it was, it was relatively relaxed um, and there wasn't any, you know, for want of a better word, like any, any um, harsh treatment or anything like that. Um, but that's just personal experience alone. Fair, fair. Um, mm. yeah, to that makes sense. I, w- I would agree. I would agree. Um, it was very similar. 
um, it's usually that similar when um, it's similar in most places around the world, depending on like the, the places you end up going to. If you know somewhere has like, you know, warning signs labeled around it and, you know, um, I don't know, gunshot marks in, in, the, <laughs> in the stop signs, you, you don't go there, right? No. And then if you stick to like the more reasonable, almost like tourist, touristy, tourist-esque areas, then you know what to expect. The same happens in Dubai. Dubai, especially, and um, in New York. Um, the reason I asked was, or made this comparison, was because um, in Grenada, it felt like being Nigerian was like an advantage. Oh, everywhere really? else, literally, everywhere else in the world I've been to, it's almost like you're stepping on eggshells because everyone has all these negative connotations attached yeah. with like Nigeria yeah, yeah. for like one reason or the other. That's that's all like they've heard about it. But over in like uh, both in Grenada and Barbados, and actually I'm. Um, Trinidad and Tobago, those are like little I like islands in the West Indies area. Being African is actually appreciated. It's like uh, everything is turned on its head. So I, I kind of um, enjoy that. When I was hanging out with the locals, on occasion when we did, like I was treated extremely really well. They were like, where are you from? I'm like, Nigeria. Like, Mother Africa. And then they get a little bit excited. <laughs> like, so that, that, was, that was a, a nice change, nice change. And so you also have to ask, like, ask, start asking yourself, um, if we get to a point where like a global economy and all the amenities you want in terms of like, you know, the living space, your living conditions, you know, um, your quality of life in, in terms of um, the purchasing power, how much, you know, your monthly income can take you. And um, you get to then choose what climates do I want to exist in or yeah. what society, what are, the, what are the kind of people that I want to vibe with? Mm. Um, I think a lot of people end up choosing um, whatever they consider home. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, whatever yeah, they would consider uh, their familiarity. Why do people in the, the US or New York or whatever America retire to Florida? Why yeah, do. Mima, Mima. My general guess is, is obviously better climate and things that come with a better climate is obviously. Things like being able to play sports outside and, and perhaps have yeah, outdoor space and your general lifestyle is somewhat improved. But to your point, you're probably, you know, considered wealthy. And if you're from Florida, then you go somewhere else and it's like, wow, you're from Florida, you must be well off and you get sort of VIP treatment or something. <laughs> mm. um, but that's, that's, a fair that's, point. that's a fair point. Did, did you that's then that's face any challenges in, for example, Granada? being away from home as opposed to being, and it's perhaps a different phase of life, but being in Scotland or England, being away from home. Um, I was pretty focused those two years I was in Grenada and then, no, not really. Like, honestly, those people, they're like watered down Jamaicans, which just means like they're still potent in terms of how hard they, they party. And um, they would always advertise, oh, we've had, like, one robbery in this year, like, no deaths, you know, because they're trying to, like, bring in, like, American citizens into Korea. Yeah. So, like, oh, there's basically, like, a red mark. If you do anything to, like, an American citizen, like, you know, it can cause a lot of issues for the economy. And they understand that the students there are, like, kind of, like, driving the economy because they're going to buy, like, all the like, expensive stuff that Grenadians don't want. So they're, they're happy the students are there. And um, it's kind of, like, shunned on to step on the students' toes. In general, yeah, yeah. so there was a sort of um, diplomatic immunity, if you want to call that. Implied. Oh, that's interesting. 
Quoting Drake is always a positive on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> very, very interesting. What's the what's the next um, next place you'd want to live in, work in? Home. Um, okay, fair. And outside of Lagos, or would you would it, would it be within Lagos? That's a good question. Um, people usually like travel out to gather resources and capital on you know acumen or even a spouse or whatever, like someone who's like a different world prospect and then they might usually come home um, and then start building. It's like how a lot of people study elsewhere and then they come home. So I feel like I've spent a lot of time like outside of Africa, outside of Nigeria, and I have like quite a few perspectives and information. I have a lot of things I can teach people here. Mm. And um, so I'm faced with an option. Um, You can work outside of Nigeria and like generate like revenue and like, um, uh, they will call it hard currency. Mm. Um, and globally, you'd be able to do a lot more. Or you can instead invest like your time building in, for me anyway, in Nigeria. Same country, yeah. Um, because that's what a lot of people plan to do anyway. They're like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, work so hard. And then when it comes to December time, they still like come to Nigeria. And then a lot of them, myself included, forget what it is to be Nigerian. Um, yeah. Apart from what they see online. And you can always tell. You can always tell. <laughs> Anyway, they like <laughs> exaggerate what it is that you know. Anyway, it's the whole whole funny thing. So I'd rather if I'm gonna make a positive impact anywhere, which I would hope I do, like and with places I spend time in, then I would hope to do that in Nigeria. Um yeah. where your little bits might actually be like a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um you could be a millionaire by thirty in Naira. <laughs> or younger. <laughs> and 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 what 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 type of like social cause, what type of like innovation would you want to be like spearheading, or what type of, in what area in Nigeria would you want to increase the baseline of living? So I, I consider like many options because we have a lot of issues. There's like power, education, like um, security, um, which is also like a huge risk, and then also sanitation. Um, then I arrived, and then I was like, yo, it's gonna be a lot of work if I'm gonna try to even change things like a small circle. But then a lot of people are already making changes. There's mm-hmm. a company called Ready that has like this um, power pack to like um, address like our constant like power blackout situation. Yeah. Um, it has like 200 watts, which is a lot of capacity. Anyway, they're startup, they're doing their thing. You have um, Flutter Wave and um, Paystacks, which is, you know, a secure way to like have like payments. Payments, yeah. Um, which is essential because bank fraud and all that stuff is like a huge issue here. Um, then you have like a lot of like hired like security. You have like gated communities. You have... Um, a transport system that actually works, although it's not like official and cordial. What I'm trying to say is that there's already a lot of progress already been made in all these sectors. So yeah, I might as well yeah. focus on what I'm good at, which is like the healthcare industry. So, sure. and also like um, business, um, interestingly enough. So since I've been here, I've been to like two outreaches in like, you know, you know, um, pretty uh, urban communities where I've been able to contribute in terms of um, diagnoses, um, healthcare advice and medication. Um, and again, just sharing general information because whenever you speak to someone, you're not just like giving them health advice. Sometimes you're giving them the emotional support they need to, to even not just for themselves, but share with their community. It's, it's yeah, a very, sure. very intricate system. Um, and I also recently started a business called that, an NGO called um, Don Dre Nexus Connection. Um, myself and a few, now more people are um, interested in it. The, the people who are also innovators um, starting on early on in their business. And we all know, like, if you extrapolate things, if you're competent enough to get 
to certain like locations, you're probably gonna like keep on building and get more. So if you make these connections early on, then um, you can know who to lean on um, yeah. when you're building your, your pyramid or whatever. Um, uh, how, to, how to put it? It's um, connecting people with business partners that they can trust the high, um, high morality because um, otherwise someone's gonna wanna try and play someone else kind of thing, yeah, not just yeah, like yeah. right to progress. So the earlier you do this, then the earlier you, you can choose like what your table is going to look like and then the faster and more reliable you can build. So that's why I'm investing my time in now, finding those uh, partners, you call it. That's really cool. Uh, yes. Thank wow, Ben, why have you got your hands busy in a few things? I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, that's what it is to be a millennial, I guess. We're very, very varied individuals. Mm, that's true have our hands in multiple cookie jars, but we have to choose one eventually. But, yeah. you know, when is, is the question? Well, yeah, this is yeah, it. Yeah. We have time to experiment, so might as well. Nice, nice. I suppose um, if you, we'll, we'll certainly give you an opportunity to you know, plug any social media or any websites or anything that you'd like to towards the end of the show. But I guess my final question would just be around um, any... I suppose any bits of the world that you feel like, wow, I really want to go there because um, that would be vastly different from anything else I've experienced. Because, I mean, you, you seem like you've been you know, part of West Africa, part of Europe, part of, um, you know, the Americas, um, is maybe Asia or the Australasias something that you want to explore or? Um... Yes. Uh, specifically, yes, Japan. Cool. I would love to explore Japan. I see you um, in Japan for sure. Definitely, I would definitely actually visit well. with that population because I stomach like a sore thumb in most of the places. Um, people assume I'm Indian when I'm in Nigeria, by the way. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Skin tone, it's very different. <laughs> it's not white, it's not black, it's, it's something in the middle. <laughs> I definitely, definitely see you in, um, in, in Japan. Well, I, can, I can definitely see you, uh, see you like, vibing there. I feel like you'd enjoy it. Nice. I tend to enjoy most places I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, specifically there. Uh, it might be very challenging, but uh, I think that's what's left. If you've explored like Central, West, then yeah, maybe the East has something that you're missing. Hemisphere. Yeah, point. yeah, sure. Yeah. But do you have? Do you have? Because obviously you're you've got a big traveling bug, and like you know, you've lived and worked in in a few countries and and you know, a few continents. Is there anything that inspires you to? To, to want to carry on exploring different different geographies, different cultures, different works, different people. Uh, finding someone to call me an idiot. <laughs> I was what not I, expecting that answer. <laughs> what I mean is um, having someone teach you something that you haven't heard or known before. And yeah. this is interesting when you understand that there's nothing new under the sun. Like everything is just being rebranded and reintroduced in like a different way to like market it to people who might be less aware of it. That's mm. that's all. That's all. Like what information is. But even that said, there are still um, things that can make you go into a European moment. Things that you never thought that you'd say before. Someone who can educate you, basically, still. And um, there's so many languages where there's hidden knowledge. Yeah, sure. You don't mind it always. Go on. No, I was just saying, yeah, no, I completely agree. Student, student mindset always is a concept I've, um, I've heard of. And yeah, exactly that. You can learn from anyone, regardless of age, background, you know, 
kind of social standing, hierarchy, whatever it may be, like student mindset always, you're always learning, adapting and being taught. I agree. And I completely agree. Having the student mindset on being open to being formed. The same text you can read, if you read it again, it has a deeper meaning. Mm. Um, if you end up in a situation where you underestimate something or someone from being able to teach you, you might, as, might just miss out on a lesson that would have um, made your life 10 times easier. I've seen it happen so many times um, by learning from other people's mistakes um, yeah. and their lives and profits. Um, uh, do you ever also get that situation where um, someone, you, you hear an experience and then it gives you like a lens or a perspective to look at past things in a different way and maybe appreciate where other people are coming from? And um, sure. consider maybe you could have done, or, or you'd advise other people to do something different. Most definitely. Sure. Uh, I think, like, if you asked me, or if you were a 13 year old, again, would you do something differently? I would be basing that answer based on not only just my experiences, but what I've learned from other people, um, yeah. or, or, or things like that. So, yeah, for me, most definitely, that would be something that um, the more you interact with others or the more you experience, the more you're able to look back and say, oh, this could have been different, that could have been different. Not with much that you can do about it, <laughs> um, but, but, but certainly with a bit more wisdom, if nothing else. Well, well um, said. And so, in, in that line, I'll also say that it, it could help as much as it hurts because the, the wider your worldview, it also can be isolating from yep. people who don't have a similar breath which means mm. you have to put in significant effort to be attentive because the way I understand it is um, you've invested your time. Every second you live on earth, you're investing your time in interacting with, with whatever is around you through your senses, what you smell, what you touch, what you see, what you hear. You're constantly absorbing information data. So is everyone else. Though like what they're absorbing, what they're learning might be different from you. That doesn't make it like any less significant. And um, some people use the opportunity to specialize and be like, the best Amazon package wrapper or the best origami, fo or origami folder, whatever it's called, mm. or um, the, the best like kite flyer. And then, you know, maybe you could learn a little bit about that and apply those like economics or ther thermodynamics to whatever it is your art is. That's yeah. how new knowledge happens. If there's nothing new under the sun, the only way you create anything new is by mixing, by merging. Which means you have to be aware about things outside of your industry. Or outside of like your norm. No, that was a, Hopefully, that was a... this, this pod that, this podcast kind of helps with that as well, right? So trying I to, hope so. I can't trying, imagine trying to yeah share share information, knowledge, experiences across borders and stuff like that. So um, no, well said. Yeah, thank you. Um, I guess that that was all the questions from my side. How about you? I've got I've got one last one, um, Burns. We still we still haven't heard your your two truths one lie. So. Um... If you could like to, if you'd like to remind us again what the two truths one, or what 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 the three statements are, and then give us what the reveal is. Okay, so the statements were: um, I drink tea every day, green tea every day. I've flown in a hot air balloon, and I've walked on the Great Wall of China. So, what were your guesses again? For which one was the drink, drink tea every day? I think is red herring. Yeah, and I thought okay. you've not been on a hot air balloon. Right, for the drink tea every day, we'll have 
That's <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I do, I do, I have been for like months now, which is kind of interesting. They're between black and green, depending on um, difficulty, because they have like different grades of caffeine inside it, um, depending on what you're trying to achieve. And then obviously coffee is the absolute, and then you have high calf, which is like a thousand, three thousand, whatever. Um, I was able to walk on the Great Wall of China with like my parents and uh, siblings sometime in 2010, nice. um, which was like an amazing experience. I hope to like um, visit more of the world wonders um, in time. And as far as the whole air balloon that I have <laughs> I want like a freaking Zeppelin, you know, like those World War II kind of thing, you know. Or if you know, it's like Avatar and the Lost Airbender. In like the last episode, they have like this war and then there's loads. Anyway, I think it'll be very interesting. That'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. But you know what, Ben? I was about to say, you need to to go experience it and come and let us know how it was. Yeah, I would love to. One day for sure. Yeah, I think um, Turkey is meant to be. Turkey is meant to have. Yeah, um, Cappadocia. I've heard. Yeah, it's supposed to be really scenic for for hot air balloons. So perhaps one day when you return to Europe, you can uh, you can check that out. Um, It'll be it'll be my pleasure. My pleasure. Nice, nice. I suppose one other question I had um, was if you would like to, you can set us a challenge um, as for a question or a topic. For us to raise with the next guest, um, you could ask them what is their flex. What and what I mean by this is, one thing I've noticed is everyone, no matter like how hard they hustle, like you know, guys like pretending to be homeless just so they can like make more money than people who work in offices. Yeah. So they're like, Yo, I don't like need my humility or whatever. Or I'm getting paid. That's what that matters. Um, some people like pretend to be like full-on bitches to a boss that they're more intelligent than um and they're just like yo like fuck this shit like i'm just trying to like you know again forget the language gain acumen and but then everyone usually has like this one thing that they they kind of like hold it kind of like gives them a sensor you know almost like a core be like you no matter like all the turbulence whatever this thing is steady that's usually a flex sometimes people have not been on there in the sense of clothing so you um yeah, you can ask them, um, what is the thing that they, they feel like super confident in that, you know, kind of like holds everything else on their world together? That would be a very deep question, though. And uh, they might not be too comfortable sharing what that is. <laughs> but hey. That's the challenge. We'll try. Yeah, yeah, we'll try, man. But thank you, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure. I think um, we've, we've learned uh, a hell of a lot about like your journeys, your experiences, and, um, and unpicked some really, really cool experiences that you've been able to share with us um i've learned a hell of a lot around around yeah just nigeria like scotland caribbean granada like you know it's been it's been uh it's been pretty interesting man you've been a you've been a great third guest on the show uh glad to be on it and um if i were to be as bored as two um i might know a few people who might be interested in um sharing some of their time as well in future episodes one of them who happens to be a, a, a doctor who works with um, Dr. Without Borders and just recently moved to Kenya like a week ago or something. Um, oh, cool. She's like currently exploring it. She's a very interesting, interesting person. I mean, I'm the better traveled than I am. I'm absolutely sure. Wow. 
Uh, um, we need to go on the show then. Quite a feat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think certainly we'd love to share some details offline or something. I'll fetch you. I'll fetch you. For sure, yeah. Miles. Boom. Thank, Thank you again, you. man. Um, it's been it's been a pleasure. We'll we'll catch up in in time to come, and yeah, for sure, we'll um we'll, we'll hit you up about the next guest on the show. Uh, look forward to it. Most definitely. definitely. Uh, I just want to take this opportunity to um, yeah, just suppose give you the floor for any final remarks if you want to plug any social media profiles, websites, or anything like, um, here's your opportunity. Um, all right, then. The social media that I'd want to plug is one called um, Storm Enterprises. It's um, a young lady who lives in Vancouver, Canada, that I also met like recently, and I've had a conversation with her. She's very driven, um, very organized, um, very open-minded. And um, her goal, her mission is in line with one of the the goals that probably everyone is hearing these days, which is um, moving towards a green economy. You see like the investments that um, Hertz is making in Tesla, you know, pushing him like close to 300 probability of being the first world trillionaire. You know, a lot of like energy and enforced energy is going into social um, energy, like hydraulics, you know, wind turbines, a lot of innovations. She is also trying to push forward in that agenda. And um, I I think um, she she has one or two things that she would love to share. Alongside like her her own perspectives, because she would also be decently well well traveled as well. Might give insights nice. about the films. Yeah. Anyway, so the it's um Storm Enterprises. It's on Instagram. It's on LinkedIn, and um, it gives like a wonderful perspective on what the world could be with uh, yeah. less pollution and more greenery. Um, check it out. Nice. Check it out. Sure, man. Cool. Thank you very much, Ben. It is. Yeah, thank you. Um, I suppose from our side, um, thank you all for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Um, That was, if there was a word for eye-opening, but to do with ears, I would be placing it here right now. (laughs) But I don't quite know exactly what that phrase is. Um, But uh, no, that was super interesting uh, from our perspective. Um, for anyone listening on the show, um, please check out A Passport Podcast on the usual social media channels. Um, and until next time, thank you. Cheers, Pete.